Welcome to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. Welcome to the Female Insight Zone. This is Mary Beth Kosmeski. Today I'm interviewing Kelly Roach. She is the host of the top rated podcast, Unstoppable Success Radio. She's an international best selling author and the CEO of Kelly Roach Coaching. She is a former NFL cheerleader and a Fortune 500 executive. I am so thrilled to have her on the show today. Hello, Kelly. How are you? I am amazing. And thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So tell us a little bit about your background. So I know you're an NFL cheerleader for the Philadelphia Eagles. So talk about what that was like. Yeah, that was an amazing experience. And, you know, I always say that every life experience, every job that you have, every experience that you go through, everything that you do is a stepping stone to where you are today. And I certainly feel that way uh, about my time with the Eagles. You know, working for an NFL team, especially as their PR arm, as the, the cheerleading team is, being on camera, being interviewed by the press, meeting with CEOs, doing charity events with the players speaking publicly, you know, it it definitely prepares you to be an entrepreneur in so many ways, not only from the discipline that you have to display and the high standards that you are accustomed to working with, but you really have to be willing to put yourself out there in a big, bold way. And I think for me, that definitely prepared me for entrepreneurship in countless ways. Yeah, no doubt. You've got to have a certain kind of presence to be able to do that. Now, I know when you were at the Philadelphia Eagles as a cheerleader, there was some controversy. I'm not sure if you know what I'm talking about, but there was some peeping in the women's locker room, in the cheerleaders locker room. Were you there when that was happening? Were you a part of any lawsuit or anything? No, no. I think, I don't know if that happened like right before or right after I was uh, on the team, but that wasn't during when I was there. And, you know, I had a really good experience. You know, I think like you could talk to a hundred different people and they'll give you a different story. For me, I was the youngest girl on the team. I was surrounded by incredibly strong, empowered women from, we had real estate agents, we had scientists, we had school teachers, we had sales reps, we had people um, in every industry you can think of in strong leadership roles and and doing things really great in the community above and beyond, you know, what they were doing on the field. And it was a great learning experience for me. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of um, tough things that you work through, you know, being in that role, especially with what the expectations are and, and the fact that, you know, there are very high standards, but I had a great experience and nothing too, too crazy happened while I was there. But I know mm-hmm. that there always has been and probably always will be some level of drama surrounding, you know, all of those things, you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm glad that your experience was was positive. So you left doing that and then you went on to start your career in corporate America. So talk a little yes. bit about where you were working and how you worked up. I know you were promoted seven times in eight years. So talk a little bit about where you were working and how that happened. 
Yeah, definitely. So when I graduated from college, I went to school for communications because quite frankly, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I just knew I didn't want to sit behind a desk all day in a cubicle and like play on spreadsheets. So I was like, okay, I want to be interacting with people. I want to be um, in a really dynamic changing role where I can, you know, use my energy, use my personality, you know, and, and most importantly, I'd come from a family that had really struggled financially. So I wanted to get myself into a situation where I could really take control of my financial destiny and really, you know, get great results and have that translate into my bank account. And so that's, you know, I decided to get into sales and recruiting. Um, so I started with a Fortune 500. I was at Ronstad, which is the second largest staffing company in the world. I had no idea what staffing was. Um, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I thought maybe I'll like this whole recruiting thing. And then I got started and I just fell in love with sales. From day one, I loved the challenge. I loved the hunt. I love the feeling of success when you created a breakthrough. I love the income earning potential. And so very quickly, I made my way to being the top performing salesperson. And, and within, I think, seven months, I, I was promoted for the first time and I started my leadership journey. And so then for the next, you know, almost decade, I was on the leadership journey. As you said already, I was promoted seven times in eight years. So I had a team of 100 people. I had 17 locations that I was managing and I loved it. You know, I absolutely absolutely loved it. My passion is absolutely helping people to succeed and, and to get great results. And, you know, for me, it was just ultimately looking at where I wanted to see my life, you know, when I got to the place that I'm at today and knowing that to have the freedom and the flexibility and the financial earning power that, that I was looking for and the quality of life that I desired, I wasn't going to find that in a corporate setting. I was going to need to go out and create that for myself. And, you know, so that's why I started working working with small businesses because not only was I able to really give them the gift of understanding what actually makes a business run effectively and efficiently and, and profitably in a sustainable way, but also I knew that when I worked with small business owners, I was going to be impacting their family. You know, I was going to be impacting their quality of life. And still, even to this day, some of my favorite client success stories are the clients that tell me, you know, I could pay cash for my Christmas gifts. I could afford to put my kids in private school. You know, I paid off my school loans. Like those are the things that are just so amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Exactly. Now, so what's the, because I'm sure you're sharing this in your coaching today uh, with salespeople and entrepreneurs and things like that. But when you first started, and, you know, within a few months, you were one of the top performing salespeople. So what differentiated what you were doing from what everyone else was doing? Yeah, well, I, and I actually, I, I go out and I teach this. I was just at a national sales conference a couple of weeks ago, and I was speaking on site at a client just a few days ago, actually. And I, I actually did a full presentation on, you know, what are those habits of the top performing salespeople in the world? And, you know, people always say, like, you're a born leader, you're a born salesperson. And it's absolutely not true. It's just that mm -hmm. people that are top performing in either one of those roles use their time differently. Right. So, you know, for me, you know, I, I focused on prioritizing the things that were going to get results. I was relentless in my pursuit of them. Um, you know, I made the phone my friend. I spent the majority of my time out front in, you know, conversations with actual prospects and clients. And, you know, I followed up and followed through. 
And those things I know sound ridiculously simple and basic, but what I find, and and now I coach organizations and I coach many, many sales teams across many different industries. And what's really interesting is salespeople don't spend the majority of their time selling. They don't. Right. Right. And a period. Right. So, you know, if you can just get the salespeople in your organization or your salesperson, or if you are the salesperson, if you personally could spend more time selling, you'd see an immediate impact in your results. It's really that there's so many distractions. And now with technology and email and the beeps and the pings and the notifications and the social media and all of that, you know, very little time is actually spent connecting with prospects in a meaningful way. And so the results typically correlate with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, a lot of people don't want to be in sales. Uh, They think that sales is going to be, you know, they're going to have to force people or try to get people to buy stuff they don't want. And people don't want to be rejected. They don't want to do the phone thing like you were talking about and have someone hang up on them or tell them no or whatever it is. How did you deal with that? Because if you fell in love with sales right away, that couldn't have bothered you as much as it bothers other people. Yeah. Well, it never bothered me. And you know, what's really interesting is like now in the way that I run my business online versus offline, the way that I learn sales, I never have to sell because I use content to do attraction marketing, which is pretty awesome. But when I started, I did have to do that. I was, you know, making cold calls um, and I was pounding the pavement and going, you know, basically door to door, company to company, trying to sell our services. And and for me, it was really simple. You know, if, if I didn't have any money coming in from that client at that moment, I knew I had nothing to lose. So to me, it was like, there's no skin off my back if someone says no, or if a conversation isn't successful, or I don't get the result because they're not paying me now. And and I tell this to salespeople every single day. You know, if, if you are selling a product or service to a qualified buyer, you're simply asking them to investigate your solution to see whether or not it's a match for them. You don't really ever have to sell anything to anyone if you're talking to qualified buyers, because if you're talking to qualified buyers, those people already raised their hand and said, yes, I want this solution. Yes, the history of my buying decision shows that I already spend money on this particular segment because it's valuable to me, right? And almost everything in life is a habitual need. There's very few things that are a one-time ever purchase. Even look at real estate agents who you're thinking about a house. How many times in a lifetime does someone buy a house? Even real estate agents rely on repeat and referral business. So if that doesn't tell you, you know, that people are habitual buyers, you know, nothing else does. So to me, it's like, you know, you really have to work on the head trash because if someone's not paying you currently, there's there's really nothing to lose. Yeah, I, I I agree. And and what happens when you know you're in that sales environment? You're working really hard. You're doing all the follow up. You're doing all the work you need to do, but then you sort of lose your passion for whatever reason. I'm sure that this happens when you're coaching people. How do you coach them out of that to get that passion back, um, to love what they're doing again? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is I think we forget why we're doing what we're doing and we lose the connection to how it will impact the quality of our lives. Right. So like when you wake up in the morning and you're fired up about paying off your mortgage and you know that you're going to be financially free when you pay that house off and that that's what you're waking up in the morning to do each day. Well, that's a very different thing than you waking up in the morning and and feeling like you have a pit in your stomach because you have to go make calls for three hours and you're doing it without meaning or purpose or direction. 
you know? And so to me, it's, it's really taking time every day to begin and end your day with gratitude and begin and end your day with a clear focus on why am I doing, why the heck am I getting up and doing this? Like, what is my reason for being on the planet? What's my mission here? What am I trying to accomplish and why? And then letting that be the driver. Right. So it's kind of taking your long-term goals and turning them into short-term motivation and inspiration to do something right now. Because if you do something right now, you're not going to pay off your mortgage. But over time, if you continue to do things right now, you'll be able to do that. So talk about, yeah, I know you wrote a book. Talk about your your book and some of the other resources that you might have for people to access your website, um, other things like that. Yeah, definitely. Well, Unstoppable Success Radio is my podcast and we're live three times a week with new shows to help business owners learn how to go faster, be smarter, get more results uh, with less working hours. So I would say definitely check out Unstoppable Success Radio. And I have a new book actually coming out, my second book coming out in October, on October 3rd. It's called Bigger Than You. And it's all about how entrepreneurs can build a winning team that can sell, market, and serve for them so that they can keep growing their businesses without having to work more and longer hours. And I have uh, actually a little text opt-in if people want to get notifications for that. Is that okay to share? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you can just text in bigger than you. It's all one word, no spaces, bigger than you to 44222. So if you're a business owner and you're thinking about starting a business, you're running a business currently and you want to scale up faster, or you're thinking, I feel like I'm maxed out. I'm exhausted. I need support. I need people on board. I have to figure out this whole team thing. Then this is a great next step for you because you know we have such a, a small window of how much one person can do alone. So if you want to stay in business for the long term, you want to be able to scale and grow. A team is going to be essential to that. So bigger than you, 44222, and you can get free tools and resources and trainings to help you get that process started and, and notifications about when the book releases. That is awesome. And so I have one final question. I know that you have a family. How do you balance all of the things that you're doing in your work and your travel and all of that with, uh, with your family and your life? Yeah, definitely. Well, I am a lunatic with my calendar. I have workout time and family time and very specific things on the calendar blocked because I have five different people on my team putting things on my calendar. So my schedule can get, you know, very tight, very crazy, but I make sure that my priority is always family first. And that's actually one of the core principles of my business and of how I teach business growth strategy. And, and so that makes it easy because I know that's my priority. So when I'm making a decision, I always ask myself, you know, is this the right thing for my family? And, you know, I've also made a lot of decisions and, and a lot of sacrifices in order to do that. You know, when my daughter was born, I retired my husband. So he's been home full time with my daughter since she was born. And, and that's the power of online marketing. You know, that's what's possible for us with the online tools that are now available. And so for me, it was really important. I didn't want to put my daughter in daycare. I wanted her to be home with us. And, you know, the fact that she is home with my husband also allows me to see her during the day, to take breaks during the day and spend time with her, and then make sure that the second I'm wrapping up for the day, my night is free and clear to focus entirely on my family. Well, it sounds perfect, actually. So thank you. Very <laughs> perfect, but a lot of messy work on the inside. I, I don't want it to come across as uh, clean and easy because it's not. It's, it's, you know, it is the right thing, but it, it, it's a lot of hard work to make that all come together. Yeah, I imagine so. I imagine so. Well, thank you, Kelly, for being a part of the Female Insight Zone today. This was really great. I am so glad I got to be here and I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.